Hey, you're listening to the Pearls of Wisdom podcast on Colty Collective, where we share stories for, by, and about Asian millennials. My name's Natasha Jung, and I'm your host. In this episode, we sit down with actor Leah Lewis, who stars in Alice Wu's The Half of It, and also as George in The CW's Nancy Drew. We talk with the Chinese-American adoptee about The Half of It, how it connects with her personal life, working with Alice Wu, and the different relationships she has in her life. Yes, my parents are Caucasian, and I also have um, my sister who is not blood-related, whose name is Lydia, mm-hmm. and she is also China Chinese, and she came from the same orphanage. That's so cool. And so what's the age difference between yourself and Lydia? Three years age, and she just turned 20, and Natasha, let me tell you, I had like a midlife, a 23-year-old life crisis, because <laughs> I was there's no way you just jumped into the 20s, and... Like you were like eight years old yesterday. Yeah. It's so weird to see that. Yeah, no, I can totally imagine just kind of like growing into that as well. Like it's, I mean, you grow up together and obviously you share a lot growing up. But yeah, I find that especially if you're the, the older sibling, you don't really, uh, you don't really realize that your younger sibling or even your parents are growing older until like they kind of hit that kind of pinnacle, like milestone age. You're like, oh my gosh, how did that happen? Like, which is exactly what you just explained there. <laughs> too what's funny is now that my sister is growing or maturing I can't treat her like that anymore I remember oh, like yeah. visiting her at home uh like a couple months ago and we we kind of rough house we like poke at each other and like pull each other's hair and I did that and she was like that's annoying and I was like what do you mean that's annoying that's just what we do and then I really thought about it, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, you are 19 years old, and you have emotions, and you're bothered right now, and I keep forgetting that you're not, like, my little, little baby sister. You are a full woman who deserves respect, and I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> well, it sounds like a great, you know, growth uh, growth moment for, for both of you there, and so... Like, it's really cool of you to recognize that. I find that, um, especially with, with actors or people that are performers in the entertainment space, like, they have to check in with themselves a lot. And part of that is also checking in with other people as well. Very, very, very much so. I mean, because actors solely deal with, I'd say, having a little box of emotions in them and learning how to pick and choose when they need them, mm-hmm. it is very, very important that we check in with ourselves. But yeah. Yes, checking in with people around you, like, hello, self-awareness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> around you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I just speaking of self-awareness, um, you know, your character, uh, Ellie Chu, that you play in the half of it, it, um, you know, she really goes through quite a journey of her own self-awareness, too. Um, in your own words, how would you describe the film and your character? I would describe this film as a coming-of-life story. And I say coming like because you see Ellie living this full life um, before we even really get to know her. She holds down the fort at home. She is extremely responsible. We see that her mother is no longer with her anymore. So from early on, you can kind of tell who wears the pants in the family. And that is Ellie. And um, as she takes care of her father, and she even is kind of the financial income for the family, as she writes papers for people at school, which I do not encourage, but <laughs> just to be clear, what she had to do and what she chose to do. Yes, coming of life. I'm sorry, yes. I totally blanked out. <laughs> um, and it's a coming of life story because we see Ellie as the main character in her life, but she desperately so wants to not be the main character of anything as she kind of navigates through school under this like hooded 
uh, routine that she doesn't really end up communicating with people. And then as we see her journey through the connections of Paul, the jock, and Aster, we start to see her really experience her life and look at things that she never would have. A good example of that is when Ellie and Paul are in the truck and Paul asks her a personal question for the first time and people don't ask Ellie two questions. If anything, they ask her to write their papers. So we really see Ellie kind of like understand her situation and really say that out loud for the first time and experience her life. And um, that happens again too with the more communication she has with Aster through the letters and even when they are in the hot tub I think what's one of the most important scenes where we see Ellie really be herself which you would have never seen in the beginning of this film because usually when she is herself which is literally just existing as Ellie Chu people call her the Chinese girl or chugga chugga choo choo and Ellie doesn't even realize that that's what's going on, I don't think, but it's just something that she kind of accepts, and the way that she acts definitely mirrors that, if that makes sense. No, it totally does, and I think, um, you know, it's it's very easy to, I think, exploit kind of those moments in the story, but that wasn't done. So, for example, yes, you know, being called, like, the Chi oh, Chinese girl when you walk into the party, right? You know, that was that was very much, you know, like, a pretty, like, ha-ha moment, but also recognizing that, you know, that is the experience of perhaps, like, the only Asian person in, like, this small town, like Squamish. It's also to the point where Ellie doesn't react to it in a way where maybe you would expect her to react to it. Because, I mean, especially with what's going on in the world right now, and we're fighting for positive representation, and we're needing to put our foot down to make sure that we, we stand our ground for for our place in, in Asian American, and, or pardon me, like American or Canadian or, or Western society, it's very easy to, I guess, get really riled up about it. But Ellie just kind of like goes headstrong and she doesn't seem fussed about it. But it's I think it's because she's kind of dealt with it her whole life and she is that strong. But what I also found really cool about um, that is that like the occult scenes, right? Like it's not her that's busting out the occult. It's it's Paul that's busting it out and almost in a way reminding her like, hey, like you're not so different than than everyone else. Like you do belong, you do have a place, but don't be afraid to share it with other people. And I love that you notice that too, because throughout this whole movie, you see Paul accept her in different ways that are very small, but very significant. One being the larger one of the couple of examples, uh, when Paul fights back against the bullies and yeah. throws a rod at them. And Ellie is like wide-eyed being like, who is this guy standing up for me? And why are you even standing up for me? I thought that this was just what it was. And I think for Ellie, it's such a big moment because that is the first time that somebody sees her and sees how kind of messed up that is. Yeah. And that she deserves something like that. And then even later on, as the two's friendship progresses, we see Paul embrace, <laughs> um, we see Paul embrace the style of food that they like as well. And then when she's preparing for the talent show, instead of telling Ellie, you need to dress a certain way, he picks out what she likes. Uh, it's a different version of what she likes. And it's awesome seeing this character not try to change her. He's just trying to kind of pull her out of her shell a little bit. And I don't even think he realizes that. But that is what is the beauty of these two characters. They build off of each other. And it's 
off of unconditional love and acceptance. Absolutely. Um, I think um, that just in the, the film and, of course, in the way that the story is written, Ellie's character has a lot of really remarkable relationships with other characters in the film. Do you have uh, a particular relationship that Ellie um, has in the film? Do you hold any of those really, really close to you? Do you find, like, do you, is there one that you find like the most special to you? As well as, you know, how can you relate that to any perhaps personal relationships you have in your own personal life? Well, I don't have one, Paul. I actually have many Pauls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel and Alexis themselves have become some of those people in my life and I like to call them like platonic soulmates and that's something that Alice talks about a lot um, when she's explaining this film the importance of platonic soulmates I have a lot of people in my life that honestly just are so honest vulnerable loving and accepting that it creates such a safe place for me to be who I want to be. You know, I will speak about someone named Corey, who I was friends with in high school, who, even though he is not like my Paul, he definitely was like one of the people in my life who saw me for me and saw what my goals were and did not shame me for that. I remember us like sitting at a lake with each other, just talking about getting out of that town, all the big dreams that we had. And it's just like, Every single person who has seen me for who I am and loved that anyway, that is what I drew from when it came to experiencing things with Paul and with Aster. And with Aster, I feel like that was quite easy just because I have experienced a crush on somebody. And I know what that's like to be very confused and convoluted. And I mean, even though Ellie experienced it a little differently than I did, I definitely can tap into those feelings along with Alice Wu's incredible writing. Through conversation and through her and I really just getting to know each other, she was able to draw from a lot of intimate experiences in my life and bring those up while we were shooting. And um, I love that style of directing. I thought the way that she did it was, it just, everything felt very real for me. That's wonderful. And you're absolutely right. It really does come to the, the writer's and the director's vision, and you carried that out so beautifully. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit more about what it was like working with Alice. So working with Alice and... <laughs> This is something I told her the other day. She is like, I've had a dream of starring in something like this one day since I was a kid. And she, this is the first time this has ever happened. She is the first of such a monumental part of my life. And I would not have wanted to experience it with anyone but her because her heart is like the size of the ocean. And she is just this incredible, understanding, intelligent human being who she really tailored all of her ways to each person. I want to say that Alice's directing style was this or this, but she really took the time to get to know each one of us, draw on our experiences, and then decide what she was going to do despite having this very specific vision. She led us to the vision by us kind of finding it ourselves rather than being like, this is what it is, here you go. And I love that because she always had the time for us and she was so patient in helping us get into these characters and feel confident about our choices. And one thing that I remember her saying every scene, which helped me every time, was remember this moment. Just be present in where we are right now. And because of that, I actually kind of look back at the half of it and I almost don't know what happened because we were all so present for everything. I can just tell you that it was like an incredible, monumental, life-changing patch of my life because Alice just kept us in the now. And it was like so beautiful. I walked away from this having a confidant 
a good friend. She likes to call herself mom. And, uh, like one of the coolest friends I've ever had. Like I just, I could go on and on about her forever. Mm. But I love her. I love Ellie Chu. I love, I love both of them. Oh, that's amazing. And it's, um, it's one thing to, like, I guess, work with people that you admire and respect, but to actually it sounds like like your relationship was able to be taken to the next level because of that respect and because of the time you spent together. Kind of on a different note here, of course, uh, one of the themes of the story is understanding yourself better, self-awareness, and um, realization that maybe, you know, you're not who you thought you were and that you were capable of more than you thought you were. Um, is there anyone in your life that really, like, I know you mentioned your friend Corey, but is there anyone in your life that you feel like you've helped do the same thing? I feel like, and this is not me being like a social justice savior or like the girl with the halo. All of my friends, I try to encourage every single one of my best friends. I have like a group of five girls that I just, I love to death, to death. I feel like I have, yes, kind of encouraged them to see themselves the way that the outside world sees them. And uh, to encourage them to kind of be their own friend. Now, in the ways that they encourage me to do the best I can, I would love for them to do that for themselves as well. There's a lot of times when I think something went very terribly or I just am, am not good enough. I mean, insecurities are real. We all experience them and I experience them on a daily, daily basis. And it's so surprising seeing what, other people think of your insecurities and your weaknesses. So I feel like, I wish I could tell you a specific person, but I feel like it's every friend or loved one I have that I try to encourage them to see that. Because mm. we all have that. And sometimes it takes someone like Paul or me or Corey to just remind you that you have that inside you. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. No, I can definitely see that. And that really just does shape who we are. Um, and helps us understand who we are as well. One of the themes uh, in in the film uh, is LGBTQ representation. What is something that you learned about our LGBTQ community throughout filming the, the film? I learned so much about the LGBTQ community. Um, first of all, it was awesome to have Alice there guiding me through the emotional aspects of everything and really just helping me keep it as authentic as possible for the people who have experienced this in real life. Just those feelings of not feeling like you fit in and not feeling like things are okay. Stepping into Ellie and having to experience that, I learned a lot about a lot of the struggles that LGBTQ face nowadays. A lot of LGBTQ teens aren't really in places where they are able to explore these feelings. Similarly to Ellie, who lives in this kind of small town conservative place where, I mean, Paul's literal response was not very positive, not positive at all. And people think like that in real life. And to see that people have to go through that every single day, it's very sensitive. It's very, very sensitive. And I just hope that the LGBTQ community looks at this and sees that they are not alone and that these stories are being told and that they are important, important enough to be told. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's definitely something that really um, rings true to us at Cold D Collective. That's one of our values in that you know, everyone has a story and we want to be a place for them to tell that. Also part of, I guess, inherent in the nature of what we do is we always want to explore culture and heritage. Um, so I'm curious to know, what are some personal experiences about your upbringing or your culture that you brought to this character? So it was actually kind of interesting because I did grow up in an American household. 
even though I am from Shanghai, China, my parents are from New York <laughs> and mm. from Florida. So it's a much different experience. It's kind of interesting because I never really had a very, very deep connection with my culture. And over the years, I've actually been learning more and more about it and trying to find that kind of missing part of myself. So with this film in particular, not only did Alice kind of help me understand more about my own culture, which was such a privilege, other than just focusing on the culture, I was able to just bring real life family experiences into the way that she her life with her father. No matter what nationality you are, we can all kind of relate to what it's like to be a daughter, really. A teenage daughter at that, going through the throes of adolescence and struggling to be able to communicate. It was interesting because I learned a lot more about Chinese culture that I actually didn't really experience myself. Seeing the way that Ellie and her father move, they're not very verbal with each other, but it's their actions that speak much louder than the words that transpire between them. While that was not something that I knew obviously happened in my family, there were a lot of times when we, even despite being an American household, had a lot of moments like that where sometimes it's not as easy to communicate and we have to communicate through acts of love. I mean, it's interesting too because my family tried very, very hard to keep the Chinese culture alive in my life with what little resource they had. Um, so I'm actually very grateful to my parents for not completely slashing away the fact that I am from Shanghai, China, and that is a very, very important part of my life. They've been very, very encouraging of me and my sister diving more into that and getting to know that more as we get older. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And uh, certainly um, there are a lot of the adoptees like in America today um, and will continue to be. And so, you know, it's really great to hear that you've been supported to be able to learn about your culture as well as be presented with further opportunities to do so as well. So I'm not sure if you're aware, but May is Asian Heritage Month. So yes, yes. And as as uh, Leah is just, you know, raising her arms like in excitement. <laughs> That's awesome. What is one thing you are proud of when it comes to your culture or heritage? I really want to answer this one, like, really good. I want this to be, like, a monumental answer. Yeah. Oh, wait for the mic drop. I think I'm most proud of seeing how this culture has kind of evolved, seeing how deep-rooted this culture is, and seeing the way that it has, it has evolved with the modern times as things and opportunities open up for people who just seeing it evolve and just be a little less ABC. And I feel like Chinese culture, given environmental factors that are now associated with the times that we're living in, have kind of opened up the way that people function in their household. Does that make sense? Just evolving, <laughs> as you said, right? So no, I totally get it. Um, I've got some fun questions from some of your fans on Instagram. So thank you for sharing the opportunity. Yeah. Woohoo. Um, so with this film, you got to share some of your musical talents. Now, did you have any songs that you listened to to really get into Ellie's headspace? I did. So there was a specific song called Heartbeats by Jose Gonzalez. That is a very, very acoustic, intimate, quiet song about love. And I found that to be the foundation for Ellie. Every time I had to go back into that space of observance and repressed longing, <laughs> uh, that was a song. And it always brought me back down to ground zero. And I'm really thankful because Alice actually made a playlist for all three of us. Oh, wow. And it was to each character. And that was one of the songs that... Uh, was at the top of that playlist. Amazing. No, I'll have to take that, take a listen to that and, and kind of watch that in, at the same time as, as the film again. Um, it, 
Yeah, no, that, that's great. And th that's definitely one of the ways to, to get into a character. Another question that we had uh, from Instagram was, what was the best learning experience that you had from filming this movie? And what is something that playing Ellie has taught you? So the best experience of playing this movie was getting to work with the people on it. Daniel, Alexis, and Alice are just treasure troves of human beings. And getting to work with them and getting to know all of them on such an intimate level, I really feel like we all just kind of like opened up our souls, threw it into a like a shaker box and just mixed it all up. I feel so connected to these people. And uh, without an intimate experience like this, I would have never been so close to these people. And then something I learned from Ellie is the beauty in the silence, the beauty in being observant, the beauty in being the wallflower and not necessarily having to be the center of attention. I, as Leah, am very loud and I love mm -hmm. to talk. And in ways that can sometimes kind of be a way for me to mask the insecurities I have. And I love that you can just be. <laughs> you don't have to do anything else. And Ellie kind of taught me that. Ellie taught me that you don't have to be extravagant to be a wonderful, interesting human being. Oh, yeah. No, I can definitely see that. And it must have been really interesting to, to play a character that was so different from you, but also like learn from that as well. That's great. So, of course, you also play George in CW's Nancy Drew. Um, how would you describe the character George compared to Ellie? Wow. George and Ellie come from very, very opposite sides of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. George is a much more rougher, tougher, crass human being that I feel like if Ellie and her were in a room together, they probably wouldn't even talk. Ellie would just be like, uh who are you? And George would be like, I don't feel like talking to you. <laughs> um, Ellie, on the other hand, is a much more reserved and thoughtful person. She lives a very different lifestyle. I mean, her mother and father were not alcoholics, and she kind of led a more, I'd say, safer life than George did. But it's cool because as different as they are personality-wise, they both kind of fall into the same family dynamics in the way that they take care of their family and are fiercely, fiercely loyal to their family. It's interesting seeing the scene in in the half of it where her father is making her dumplings and that is his act of love. And then also in Nancy Drew, after a really, really terrible long day <laughs> that happened to George, her mother doesn't say anything. You just see her in the kitchen making her noodles and food. And... I love seeing the similarities. It's just, it's really cool. That's awesome. So now I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions, um, kind of uh, in the same vein of the different characters you're playing as well as yourself. So I'm going to ask you who you would rather be in the following situations. Would you rather be Leah, Ellie, or George, and also why? Okay, so here's the first situation. Who would you rather be, Leah, Ellie, or George, when making dinner for 20 people? I would be... George. She's used to being a manager and she can just hold the fork down and me and Leah would probably freak out and Ellie can't cook. There you go. <laughs> Love it. All right. Who would you rather be? Leah, Ellie, or George when climbing Mount Everest? I would be Leah climbing Mount Everest. I could never see Ellie climbing anything <laughs> and I could see George not having the energy to even think about something like that. But Leah for sure would get the job done. Yeah, because you're, you're very fit. You're very much uh, into to working out, right? And Thank you. I do, I do enjoy being outside, and I actually really enjoy hiking in general, so Amazing. that is like right. Oh, perfect. That's great. 
Okay, and last one, who would you rather be in the following situation? If you were building a computer, would you rather be Ellie, Leah, or George? I would rather be Ellie because I think she would be the one to hold it together the whole time and would probably read the directions before she starts <laughs> building the computer. George can't afford a computer and Leah knows nothing about building things. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Awesome. Um, just a couple more questions here for you. Uh, but first, is there anything else you wanted to share about the half of it or any other projects that you're working on right now? Working on no projects at the moment, just trying to stay safe and healthy and be there for my loved one. Number one, uh, yeah. Yeah, number one, safety is priority. But I hope that people just watch this film and see a bit of themselves in some of these characters, whether that be in the three main teen characters or whether that even be Ellie's father or the teacher. I feel like every single person goes through a transformation and a learning experience during this. And I hope people see that. And also it gives them courage to make their own personal bold strokes in their life that make them feel good and to get over those hurdles in their life. Mm -hmm. well, that's great. And I'm sure that they'll be able to take that away once they do watch the film. Excellent. And so our podcast is called the Pearls of Wisdom podcast. So I want to close off by asking you, do you have a pearl of wisdom you would like to share with our listeners? A pearl of wisdom to share with our listeners. I want everyone to know that wherever they are right now, they are enough. And that is enough. And they don't have to be any other thing that people say. That's beautiful. I think that's important. Yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much. That's all the questions I have right now. Um, is there oh, anything else you so wanted fun. to? Yeah, no, thank you. That You were great. And just, it's so funny because like, you know, seeing the clips of you um, in like, in Nancy Drew, uh, as well as of course the half of it. Um, it's like, oh, like, I wonder what her actual personality is like. Uh, so it's, no, I love it. And Melissa like already prepped me saying, um, you know, she's, you're very energetic, very talkative. And so it's been so lovely chatting with you. And I wish you all the best with not only the film, but you know, what, whatever happens on the other side of this, like, I can't wait to see you in more. Natasha, thank you. Thank you so much. And I think what your podcast is doing in the topic matter is incredible. So oh, I hope that you. this continues for as long as it can as well. Oh, thank you so much. All the best to you. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Natasha. Take Bye. care. Bye. The Half of It is now streaming on Netflix. Thanks again to Leah, Netflix, and IW Group for your support. For more stories for, by, and about Asian millennials, visit coldteacollective.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more Pearls of Wisdom.